Thanks for joining the Life's Better podcast, where we say life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. As always, Josh Doolin, Jonathan Gleason, and today we are going to be talking about phoniness. Phoniness. If you have not heard that term phoniness before, that's okay. That's what we're going to be talking about, and I think it's going to help because it's a growing issue in our country and maybe even in your life and in your home. I love a good pun, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing, though. Before we get into that, um, let's just talk about phones for a okay. second. Okay, okay. Back in 2007, don't know if you remember this, but back in 2007, the iPhone was introduced. Mm, okay. Big deal. Like, mm-hmm. it was just a game changer when it came to cell phones and just how we interact with each other, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I remember actually the year before, my wife and I were on furlough from doing ministry in Swaziland, and we were just in the United States for about two months, and we were able to connect with a lot of friends and whatnot. And one of the, my buddies, who actually works at Apple, was telling me about this, this, this thing, and <laughs> yeah. he, he couldn't yeah, go into yeah. any details at all. In fact, mm. I kept pressing, he's like, nah. But he, he kept saying, it's, it's gonna be a big deal. Mm. A year later, the iPhone comes out, I was like, that was it, that was what he was working on, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, he was right, man. That, yeah, yeah, huge. Crazy. Huge. So. How old were you when the iPhone came out? 13. 13 years old. 12 or 13, yeah. I, was, I, I also remember yeah. like thinking, I, I don't like that the numbers are gone because I was like afraid that like <laughs> my finger would accidentally hit all of the other, like I, I guess yeah. I didn't trust touchscreens just yet. No, for sure. I think that was a criticism that a lot of people had, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know, particularly people with bigger, you know, fingers like, uh, I don't, I, I remember hearing that as well. Yeah. Um, 13 years old, I was 26, so I mean, we're almost 15 years apart, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which, I mean, it's not it's not a complete, uh, you know, generation, but we're getting close, mm-hmm. we're getting close. So I want to ask you, how do you interact with your phone that may be different than the way I interact with my phone, or if you want to go like a solid generation, how your parents interact with the phone? Is there any differences like, yeah, no, my parents never do these things, but this is this is a huge part of my life when it comes to my phone. Mm, so, uh, I, man, I most of my friendships, especially in high school, uh, were started on the phone. Okay. Like, because uh, I, I, I moved schools uh, my sophomore year to junior year. Yeah. And so junior year going into a new school, like, I actually met most of the people first on the phone. Now, how did that how did that work? So, uh, mainly on Facebook. Yeah. Like Facebook had this way, and that was like when it was way more popular. Yeah. Um, and way more like younger. Yeah. Oriented. Yeah. Uh, like you would have um, like where you went to school, and so like if you just tagged that, you could click on your school, and like every other person would pop up. Sure. And so like I had my class list, and I saw like oh like. I don't know. This, Some this cute one. girl. Yeah, I, think I yeah, know sure. her. Hey, uh, chat on the phone. And I probably made like twenty friends before that. Uh, and like when I went into school, I would meet them face to face. And like it was definitely awkward, like that awkward phase. I think that's a big difference because my my family definitely didn't have that. No. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, I can't imine you know your father saying, "Yeah, I met some of my <laughs> best friends first on the phone." Like that doesn't mm-hmm, seem that mm-hmm. doesn't seem right. Okay, how about this one? Now that you are working with younger students, mm. what are some ways that they're interacting with the phone that that's not even where you would go with your phone? Man, um, I see them using uh, TikTok mm-hmm. as a way to like become friends and and share their like share their lives with mm-hmm. each other. So like, mine was Facebook, right? And so like, it was just like, here's some pictures or here's like some, but like now you have to come up with 
creative, like funny videos and they all have each other as friends. Yeah. And so like their feed is just, oh, hey, there's Zach doing like a funny dance. Oh, oh, there's Addison doing uh, some bit from a TV show. Like, right. like and that's, that's how they, enter, and like in the comment section and all of that. Yeah. And it just feels like, like in my mind, it'd be like everyone having a YouTube channel uh -huh. and like every single day posting like a video and that's how we keep up. And gotcha. it's just very odd to me. Yeah. I don't know, I, I can't see that. Like I can't fathom it. <laughs> so there's definitely different ways that the generations interact mm -hmm. with phones. So what I'm gonna do is we're gonna play a game. I'm gonna read you some quotes. Each of these quotes has to do with some idea of the phone, uh, how people are using the phone. You have to determine, is this a quote from an old person, mm, okay. old person being someone my age or older, uh, or a young person, yeah. someone your age or probably even younger. Okay. All right? Okay. 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 First quote, I think mobile phones should be used to make phone calls. I have a television at home. I have puzzles at home. I don't need these on my phone. Okay. Um, that is definitely an old person. It's gotta I mean, be an old person. Ancient, right? Mm -hmm, <laughs> puzzles. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, definitely an old Sorry, person. Dad. I know you love puzzles. That you you could have written this. <laughs> this one's definitely an old person. Uh, this this may be one of the more obvious ones. There's a few other ones that are pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. But how about this one? My phone is part of my life. I feel strange when I don't have it with me. I would say younger. Yeah. Just because we grew up with it. Like it's it's just, always there. Yeah. 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 Alright, next one. I'm almost constantly online with my phone. It's just a way to pass the time. Ah, mm. oh, man. <laughs> That's tough. I feel like both could say that, but I'm going to yeah. go older, maybe? This one's actually a young person. Young person, okay. And I, I think the, the key there was passing the time. Mm. You know, old people, I mean, unless they're retired, typically aren't just trying to pass the time. That's true. They're That's trying true. to survive. That's, that was where my mind <laughs> was went. It was like retired yeah. people yeah. I know are just constantly on Facebook or playing those little, like, Farmville games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I you get those invites every day. For you, uh, so and so wants you to water their farm. It's like I don't even know who you are. Actually, <laughs> I don't even water my own grass. So yeah. All right, how about this one? I use my phone to talk to people, read the news, or things of interest, and mm. take pictures. That's about it. You could have just said read the news, and I would say old person, old person all the way, all the way. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. All right, how about this one? Why are people always staring at their phone? What are they looking for? If you're walking on a beautiful day, get off the phone and enjoy the day. Old person. Old person. <laughs> so old. I almost interrupted. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't have to go any further. It's an old person. Why are people always on? Old person. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I want to stay connected with other people and can't see how I could do this without my phone. Mm, easily young. I mean, this is exactly what you were talking yeah. to. Oh, talking about. Like, mm -hmm. that's how they're staying connected. Yeah. Even though they may not have a conversation with those people, but just looking at their feed, looking at what they're posting, maybe making a, a couple comments here and there, mm -hmm. that's how mm -hmm. they're at least feeling as though they're connected. Yeah. All right, how about this one? A lot of times, I will actually use my phone to help me avoid interacting with people. Young. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why do you say that? And, and you knew that pretty well. I thought that might have been a curveball. Why do you say that? Uh, because Emily and I have had a conversation about this. And I, I don't know. I would consider myself in the younger sure. rather than the older. Yeah. Uh, but we've talked about how, like, you know, you... there. Okay, so easy example of this. Uh, you know that awkward moment where you see somebody you know, <laughs> yeah. but they're really far away? Yeah. 
and you know if you interact with them, like it's just awkward for sure. that like 20 seconds before you. Too much distance. So just pull out your phone, act like you're doing something important, then you, when you get up to them, like, oh, hey, What's and then you, then you pass. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a crutch and an easy yeah. thing to do. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely <laughs> young person, you nailed it. Um, let's go with this one. I, uh, I check my phone for messages and notifications almost as soon as I wake up. Young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this one might be a little trickier too, just because, I mean, I, th- this is probably becoming even more of a, an yeah. older person thing too. Absolutely. But I still think that, hey, what's the notifications, you mm-hmm. know? What, what, do, what do people, do they like the post that I made? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. How many messages, how many like new sharers of yeah. whatever, yeah. Yeah, young person. Okay, be in the moment. If you're at a concert, just enjoy listening and stop recording everything on your phone. Mm, I have that complaint. <laughs> but I'm gonna say an old person said it's that. Old. It's old. Yeah, You're old, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it whenever, like, 100% of people. It's like yeah. the the popular song that everyone knows. I want to record this, and it's like you know that when you watch that later, it's not like you could wa- listen to it on Spotify yeah. where they recorded it really, really well, yeah. and just listen to that later. Like, you don't need to watch your poor quality where. <laughs> I, I don't know, where it gets like 90% your voice singing the song. like Or, you know, the drunk guy next to you, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I agree. Okay, we're old. Uh, last one here, though. <laughs> My friends and I have mobile phones because we have to. There are no pay phone phones anymore. That being said, <laughs> I do love GPS. It beats looking at a map. This may be the most obvious, but what do you think? You know, um... I'm gonna I'm gonna pick on old people I know just for a second and say no way that's an old person because they said they like GPS <laughs> yeah, right. and I've I've never heard an old person really? say really that. is that right <laughs> so I've heard definitely people digging GPS uh, even the older folks but mm-hmm. you know you, you get used to what you get used to so mm-hmm. if you like maps then maybe maps are yeah I'm gonna say old too. person even though I think uh, I don't know I I still know people who just do not trust GPS at all. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know how I would get around without it, right. <laughs> to be real. It, talk about a crutch. Mm-hmm. GPS has caused me to probably, I mean, I was never really great at navigating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> GPS has just destroyed my navigation. <laughs> without it, it's like, uh, I don't know, right? I don't know. So I think it's pretty obvious that young or old, we're all interacting with phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what's really ironic about this is that although the phone is meant for connection and conversation, it's actually leading to something that people are referring to as phoniness. Mm -hmm. And I want to introduce this idea of phoniness by actually sharing a story. And it's a true story. It's about a couple named Mike and Emma. And they started seeing each other, or they started their dating relationship online. It was through an app on their phone, a dating app. And for the first four months, it was just kind of a, a romantic relationship mm. through their phone. It wasn't until, which sounds crazy to me, like four months, like how do, how do you pull that off? But then at uh, month four, they finally had that, you know, face-to-face interaction. And it went well, and uh, they dated for another six months until month 10 rolled around, and Mike wanted to move on. Mm. But instead of doing the appropriate, hey, I'm breaking up with you, mm. he decided to ghost Emma. Now, for the old people who are watching, who are listening, yeah. what does it mean to ghost someone? So that means that instead of giving any explanation at all, you just cease contact with that person. It would be like the equivalent 
uh, nature of, I guess, just avoiding a person in public, but yeah. like, that this is worse because it's really easy to just stop conversating with or conversing with people online. It's just going completely silent. Yeah, yeah. And Emma did not like handle this well at all. In fact, mm -hmm. what ended up happening is she found herself in the hospital with an attempted suicide. Mm. And afterwards, when having a conversation with a counselor about what led to this hopelessness in the first place, she talked about how when Mike went silent on her, she wasn't sure if something had happened to him, yeah. wasn't sure if he was just spending time with family, mm. wasn't sure if there was something wrong with his phone or mm -hmm. she was, or he was breaking up with her. He, she just didn't know. In either case, that silence led to a deep sense of loneliness, mm. isolation to the point that she felt like, well, life wasn't willing or wasn't worth going on. And I, I share this story because there is a growing problem in our country and maybe around the world, but the research that I'm reading is coming out of the United States. And some people are referring to it as a real epidemic and it's an epidemic of loneliness. It's an epidemic of social, social isolation mm. and really of disconnectedness. And uh, a lot of people, you know, are, are pointing to, well, okay, it's the pandemic that we're just coming out of that, that caused a lot of this issue. And I think for right reasons that that's definitely a product, but, Again, there's a growing body of research that is actually pointing to our phone use as something that is creating this loneliness, mm. hence this term, phoneliness. So I'll share one research with you, and then I'm going to ask you to kind of give some feedback and maybe an experience or two that you've had with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. But in the uh, University of Oregon actually did a study where they took a number of individuals and they just monitored how they use their phone and particularly some of the apps and some of the platforms on their phone that were designed for connection with mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. And what they found is that those apps, those social media experiences were actually creating a deeper sense of loneliness in people. Now, the research did notice that at least when people first started interacting with those platforms, there seemed to be a sense of feeling of connectedness. Mm. But then the longer that they use them, that's when the loneliness kind of set in. Very specifically, they w could point to, okay, if people spent 30 minutes on these apps a day at at first, there might have been the sense of, oh yeah, no, I'm connected. But then after the 30 minutes was over, there was a diminishing return, mm. and that's when the, the loneliness began to creep in. Uh, you know, Sometimes it wasn't just 30 minutes, maybe it was up to an hour, but there was always a diminishing return, and then there was a sense of loneliness or phoneliness. So in your own life, have you ever experienced the phoneliness phenomenon? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the more uh, obvious times in my life was when I was in high school uh, and it was right around that time where I switched schools. I think I was 14 at the time and uh, I was friends with all of my like previous friends uh, or from my previous school online and for that summer like um, I just remember seeing like po or even really like the very beginning of the school year I remember seeing posts of them all hanging out yeah. and like still like connecting with them and talking with them but like they were connecting right like in person and just feeling this deep sense of like ah oh, man I've lost them and like if that makes sense yeah. and so like I spent a lot of time online and I remember um, another time right around that uh, time I was getting really hooked on YouTube uh, and I think a lot of our students can probably identify with this a little bit too, where you have these YouTubers that you um, 
watch daily and like they might have videos that they post every single day and they they hop on they're like what is the first thing they say it's like oh hey friends or hey whatever nickname they have for their followers type of thing and then they proceed to like have fun with either a game or like a group of people doing something fun and so then you feel like you're a part of it right but the more you watch and again you get that sense of i'm a part of this but the more you watch the more you realize this person doesn't know who I am. Yeah. They don't they don't know anything about me. Yeah. My interaction with them is liking their video and right. clicking on it every single day. Right. And and so it can lead to this sense of like as soon as that video is over, it's like, oh man, I'm I'm here. I'm mm. by myself. I don't have any friends. Mm. I'm not doing anything fun. And I just watch people having fun. And so like it's almost like I think the equivalent is like having a photo album that you just stare at all the time. Mm. If that makes sense. So like you're like what looking at pictures <laughs> of people having fun all the time and you're not doing anything at all, yeah. like of course that leads to more loneliness, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and I think for me, even just hearing your story, what's, maybe what's drawing my empathy out is you're wanting mm -hmm. connection. Yeah. And so you're actually grabbing your phone because you're wanting the connection, but mm -hmm. it's the very device that is leading to deeper loneliness. And so, of course, the quick answer is, well, how do we solve this? Well, you get rid of your phone, of course. <laughs> like, that's the... No, I mean, we're not getting rid of our phones. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not going to happen. And so we've got to start looking more creatively of, well, how can we maybe eliminate loneliness from our lives without actually eliminating our phone? And we've got a few tips. None of these are probably silver bullets, but... Uh, and maybe this isn't even something that you're struggling with right now, but you probably know someone who is. Or if you've got children or you've got teens in your life, maybe it's something to be aware of so that you can help them uh, through this as well. Um, the first thing that I would suggest that you do is actually limit and balance your portable device time. Um, so whether mm. it's your phone or something else, just begin to limit and balance it. I, first, I think it's important to, to get a baseline of how much time you're spending on your phone. And the cool thing is with a lot of phones, I know this is true of iPhones because I have an iPhone, you, there's a setting. Like you can go actually into your settings, mm -hmm. look down, and there's a, a little thing that you can switch on that's called uh, screen time. Yeah. And so it starts monitoring how much screen time you're having. And so at the end of the week, just kind of average out. How much screen time am I engaged in every single day? And just see if the numbers are crazy. And if you're looking at it like, oh my goodness, I'm spending like 20 hours a day. on That's too much. That's too much <laughs> screen time. Yeah. Uh, and so just kind of figure out, okay, is this too much? And then I, I think you just need to personally determine, okay, how much is this being useful? Uh, because it could be useful. And how much of it is just too much? And mm. then start limiting it. So if two hours is too much, well then, you know, maybe dial back to an hour. And then here's where it gets fun. And your, your tip is going to lead into this as well. But then what you want to do is you want to balance it with actually real face-to-face -face time with mm. other people. So if you've got an hour every single day that you know you're on screen time and that's not going to go away, well, then now you need to balance it with an hour of actually face-to-face -face interaction. And so if you're a part of a family, I mean, even if you're a student, suggest to mom and dad, hey, can we, can we do dinners uh, together around the table? Um, and maybe we just kind of talk about the day or play a silly game like would you rather as we eat our spaghetti yeah um, and so you're having that actual i know you you know me we're actually spending life together that's that's one of those keys to to know that you're connected and and to diminish that that loneliness i think another suggestion and this isn't just because josh and i are pastors but get involved in a church mm -hmm. I, I mean that like, be involved in a church and i would challenge you to come early and stay late mm. years ago i was 
actually serving at a church where we had to set up and tear down. We were out of high school. And so it was like hours, hours to set up, hours to tear down. It was, it was actually kind of grueling in my back. That, that was the first time in my life I started having back problems, um, toting around speakers and whatnot. But I remember uh, <laughs> at the end of one evening, uh, Sunday evening, because we were a Sunday night church, uh, we had a first time guest who stuck around like an hour and a half later just to help move chairs and lights and sound. Mm. I was like, dude, I don't think we've ever had a first time guest like stick around and help us with this. And I remember he looked at me and he's like, oh no, Jonathan, I actually learned uh, many years ago never to leave early. And I love that because he recognized that if he really wanted to connect with people, mm-hmm. leaving early might be one of the worst ways to find connection. Yeah. It's easier, it's more comfortable, but you're not actually going to discover richer community if you're just bailing early. I would say also get involved in a life group, a small group of some kind. Uh, for us as a church, this is when you stop attending church and you actually start to feel a part of a church. So be a part of a life group. Anyway, that, that's suggestion number one. Um, suggestion number two is what? Suggestion number two is to set face-to-face goals. And this is something that I know my students really struggle with, and it has a lot to do with uh, the quarantine kind of ruining mm-hmm. us on face-to-face time. Um, but and, and it can also feel like work, right? So like yeah. um, just scheduling that time and being with others can feel awkward, and it's easier to, oh, just I'm just going to check in on the phone or like send a text message. But uh, schedule face, like actual face-to-face time with others and try to set that goal of maybe um, connecting with not only old friends, which I have a really bad problem of, <laughs> uh, and also schedule time to meet new people. Uh, this can be done through a number of activities. If you're a student, join a club. Um, and uh, I know that the, the typical thing is, I'm not athletic, I can't do that. Well, there's a number of clubs. There's even, if you're one that really is addicted to uh, electronics, there's a, um, I know that at Anderson, they just have a e-sports e- team. Oh yeah, uh, no, that's so actually a go, really growing club. Yeah, yeah. Go, go join that. Um, there's a board game club. So like, if you're not into that, like you can absolutely do stuff like that. Um, on top of that, a really great way, uh, if you're an adult, is something that you do, which is uh, be part of, what is Rotary? it called? The Rotary Club, yeah. or find some type of uh, local event that you know a lot of people are gonna be at, that you're gonna interact with new people that you might not uh, normally get to. And then another one is, uh, that I, I just wanted to throw out there, um, because it's been great for me, uh, if you're the type of person that doesn't know where to start, but you have a hobby that you're really, really into, hmm. chances are there are people in your your neighborhoods and in your city that are also into that hobby. So whether it be gardening, I know a lot of people in our yeah. church are into gardening, uh, and they they immediately like, oh yeah, what do you do with this? Start what chatting are you doing? it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or um, uh, something that I'm really into is board games. You can't tell by my shirt. Uh, but something that I've learned is that a lot of people who are into this hobby are very shy, Hmm. but they want community. And so just being like, hey, at my house, we're gonna play X game if you wanna show up, like just gets people who wouldn't normally go out of their way to talk to people talking. So is there a game called X game? uh, There's a game called X wing, but not X game, no. (laughs) Yeah, I think one of the things that you brought up I thought was really interesting that because of the pandemic, some of us, relationally, I think we ha- grew a, little, a bit of atrophy mm. when it came to even how to 
like engage with people because it's just easier. It's just easier to go online. Yeah. It's, it's easier just to, like you said, observe YouTube friends and feel a sense of connection. Yeah. But that's not a real connection. Yeah. And it's not going to solve that loneliness issue. I would be careful too uh, because I've definitely fallen into this trap where you think, oh, I'm building face-to-face time. But then when I observed my face-to-face time, a lot of that had to do with watching movies with people or watching TV shows or um, especially when I was in college, a lot of us played video games together. None of us were looking at each other. None (laughs) of us were at, like we were talking, but like there wasn't a lot of interaction. And when you put that stuff down and actually look at each other and are doing something where you're really intentionally trying to interact and learn more about each other, like that is huge. And that's where relationships really start to grow. Love the fact that you said that because that leads right into our tip number three. And that is to go deeper than just the superficial conversations Mm. that are oftentimes really easy. So you're actually now in some sort of face-to-face interaction make sure that you actually know how to have a conversation. (laughs) A lot of people don't, you know, Mm. weather, we can talk about the weather because we all have that in common, but some of us, we've never really learned to take a conversation deeper. I I remember this was a number of years ago. I had a student who she was feeling as though her younger sister, uh, who she used to be close to, there was just this growing distance between the two of them. And she was a senior in high school. She was actually driving her sister uh, to and from school because they still went to the same school. And she would just try to talk to her sister and her sister wanted nothing, I mean, just like a brick wall. And she was just so frustrated and she wanted that connection with her sister. And so I just asked like, well, what kind of questions are you asking? And she just, she shared these really lame questions, lame questions like, so what are you looking forward to today? Things like, what'd you learn today? Mm-hmm. You know, just these classic, really boring questions. I was like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to say this. I want to say this in a nice way, but if you're receiving bad feedback, don't be surprised because you're actually asking really bad questions. Mm. If you ask a really good question, you'll get good feedback. And so off the top of my head, I just said, hey, try a few of these. And I just ran off some questions for her. And she came back the next week. She's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm connecting with my sister again. Like she totally opened up. Yeah. Why? Because you took a question that was deeper than the surface level question. Mm. So I want to throw out a few of these that you can ask, but just to kind of know when and how to share these or to ask these, I think is also important. Mm. You know, it's okay to talk about the weather. Like that's, that's not, that's a good intro. It's okay to talk about some of the things that you did this week, those service level things. But then at some point, maybe just kind of switch the tone of voice and say, Hey, Hey, I've got a question for you. Like already the the other person is going to notice, okay, this is going to be different. Mm. Hey, I've got a question for you and then go a little bit deeper. So I just got three suggestions for you. Maybe this is a question. What's the most fulfilling experience that you've ever had? Hey, I've got a question for you. Josh, what's the most like meaningful experience that you've ever had in your life? Now, that's a deep question, mm. and it may throw Josh off, but that's how you take a conversation deeper. Um, maybe that one's a little too deep, so I'll, I'll throw out another one. Uh, who would you like to have dinner with, past, present, and why? Mm. That, that's a deeper question because it yeah. reveals who they are. It reveals some of the desires that they have in life. Um, but it's also fun and it may not be as intimidating. Here's an intimidating one. This is, this is maybe the deepest of, of the list. When you're finished with your life, Josh, 
what do you want to have accomplished? Like that's a pretty big, big mm -hmm, one. Mm -hmm. But man, if you want to take things deep with somebody, yeah. really get to the heart of what makes that person tick, their deepest desires, man, that's a deep one. Now I would, I would not suggest just like jumping off in the deep end with that one, but at some point, maybe these three questions might be helpful for you. All right, fourth tip. Yeah, so the fourth tip is learn to listen. And so uh, I think, you know, the tip or that we could probably give anybody if you're really trying to make friends is to stop talking about yourself yeah. and only talking about yourself. Uh, the key to being a really good friend is to be a good listener. And so uh, the difference there is you're not just hearing what they say. Um, obviously, stopping what you're saying and actually giving them an attempt to to talk is a good good start. Uh, but really listening is is something that you have to choose to do. Um, and that begins by actually being curious about yeah. what they uh what they're talking about or uh, asking follow-up questions, not just taking what they said and then immediately turning it about something that you're interested in, um, being genuinely interested in whatever it is that they just shared because odds are if they talked for more than five seconds, it's something that they're genuinely passionate about. So uh, actually showing interest in that. And then I, I just want to throw this out there as well. Um, if you're having trouble genuinely being interested in what they're saying, just go into conversations with the idea that you're not gonna share anything that mm -hmm. you like. Um, I, I definitely can get really excited about things, so I identify a little bit with this one where um, all I wanna talk about with a specific person that I know is maybe interested in the same thing, or even if they're not, like I'm just really excited about something, I can, like, ah, what's the word, uh, really pivot the conversation towards just what I want right. and then get out of that conversation after I've shared my important information so I can go share with somebody else. Uh, in that case, all I'm being is like a news reporter. I'm not, I'm not actually building a relationship there and I, it's all me-centered. So um, if you want to have a friendship with somebody and you're, you're struggling to really connect with somebody, make sure that the questions that you're asking are not centered around you, that they're all centered around whatever that they're bringing to the conversation. Um, and often you can find that the person comes away thinking, oh, that, that person's genuinely kind. Like they're, they want to listen. Um, there's a quote that Jonathan pulled, and I don't even know who this guy is, but he sounds pretty smart, from David Augsburger. Do you want to share who that is at all? He's just some really smart dude. Okay, yes. uh, and uh, he says this, being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they are almost indistinguishable. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty smart too. Yeah, I, and I know... Even just to kind of add to that whole listening thing, mm. there are times we're going to be locked into maybe a more boring conversation with somebody. <laughs> but what I found, if, you, if you're curious, just ask a question about what they're saying that you genuinely want to know about. Mm. Like if you really mm -hmm. don't care about board games, but you care about maybe, oh, it might be kind of neat to know how someone actually creates a board game and mm. gets it marketed because you are into the business world. Well, ask them a question that kind of still focuses on what they're interested in, yeah. but also what you're interested in. And it can stir uh, just a, a deeper conversation there too. All right, well, I think phoneliness can definitely be something that we overcome but it is going to require us to maybe not get rid of our phones, but certainly it's gonna require us to do the harder work and not just take the easy paths. And so until next time, do not forget that life is so much better with God, building that rich relationship with him, with others in community. Don't forget to develop those rich relationships and find some purpose in the process.